Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new and special episode of Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. This is leg three of our summer primer series for football fans out there. We, you want to be spending your time out at the beach, by the pool, or otherwise in summertime, but you also want to get your mind right in time for kickoff in September. We have already given you Mad Verderam covering both the AFC and the a- AFC, AFC and NFC, NFC and AFC. I don't know. It's early in the morning where we are here. Both of the conferences, in other words. And then we had Jeff Schwartz covering college football for you. Now to complete the circle, if you will, fantasy football is in our mind. And who better to talk to than the Hall of Famer himself, my old colleague, my forever pal, Michael Fabiano. You know him from Sports Illustrated. He goes 365 on fantasy football. You can find the evidence of that if you go to Sports Illustrated right now. He's breaking down all variations of fantasy football, uh, keen strategies and poor ones. Also, you hear a Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 Eastern on Fantasy Dirt on Sirius with our old pals, Lindsey Rhodes and Amber Theo Harris. Again, it is the Hall of Famer. Fabiana, what's the poop, fella? You're a Floridian. Since last I saw you, you went from being a Californian. Now you're a Floridian. What's happening? And then I was a, is it a Louisiana in? I don't even I know. So. Yeah, I mean, for like three months. So yeah, I've been bouncing around. I got out of California after 15, 16 years. Decided I got to be a grown up and like buy a house. And, you know, I can't do that in California unless I want to live in some really shady areas. So I got out of there. Uh, I was in Louisiana for about three months, and uh, now I'm in uh, Florida, and uh, this is where I'll be, my friend. It's nice and warm, and um, couldn't be happier. But it's a really busy time, uh, exciting time though. Can you believe like it's it's like June? Like we're we're getting closer and closer to fantasy draft season. Scott Fishbowl drafts are going to be happening here uh, in two to three weeks. I know it's wild stuff that uh, football really is, and it occurred to me just the other day. I thought. Ah, listen, are we really going to dip into, I texted with you about your move to Florida and whatever. And then I realized after we finished going back and forth, like, wait a second, it's not too soon to start talking fantasy at this point. Obviously, like yeah. we say, we're getting everybody ready for, uh, for football season at the front end of summertime. So you can ruminate while you're frolicking in the sea or otherwise. So let's get into it. Shall we fabs? And, uh, well, and then we can uh, we can we can hear your thoughts on uh, New Orleans cuisine versus Florida cuisine versus SoCal cuisine. But in the meantime, let's uh, focus on the matter at hand here. Fantasy football 2023. And you and I have gone back and forth over the whatever it's been almost 15 years that we've known each other about overarching philosophies. And it's not like there is one hard and fast rule for fantasy football year in and year out. Sometimes it's wise to focus on the running back. Other times in a PPR world, you want to focus on the pass catchers and when do you go for a quarterback? So is there an overarching philosophy in your brain, whether it's a brand new one or something you're going to lean on as uh, as something that is a dependable way to approach your fantasy draft? I know you remember uh, when Yoda told Luke in Empire Strikes Back that you must unlearn what you have learned. And that's kind of what I'm doing this year with... 
the wide receivers and the running backs. I've always been a running backs truther. I've always led with running backs. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily doing that anymore. Uh, the running back position is taking a hit, not only from a market standpoint where nobody wants to pay one, but also from a fantasy perspective as well. You know, we've we've now seen wide receivers equal running backs. Now, I wouldn't say wide receivers have surpassed running backs at the top. The featured guys are still really valuable, the McCaffreys and the Austin Ecklers and those guys. But there's more good wide receivers. Receivers are putting up better numbers and they're putting them up earlier in their careers, as we've seen with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb. So now with the number one overall pick for the first time, Dave, I think probably ever, I've got a wide receiver there. And it's going to be the first time since your buddy Antonio Brown, where the consensus number one overall pick is a wide receiver. And that's Justin Jefferson. And I could see three of the first four picks being wide receivers. Uh, whether it's explain the logic to me of that though, because you know, I don't understand macroeconomics. Obviously this is (laughs) what I do for a living, not by choice. I was forced into it. Everybody kicked me out of, uh, you know, traditional professional jobs for grown up people. Um, but it seems to me like inflation is because a, a lack of availability with the, with uh, with with certain goods or services. And if a wide receiver, the the goods that he is providing your fantasy team are easier to replace by going out onto the waiver wire. And there are only five or ten good running backs. Isn't there a premium on the running back? And you better get one of those guys because that gives you a margin against the other owners in your fantasy league that don't get one of those high-end runners. Well, the problem is that the number of premium running backs has kind of shrunk, right? Like George Costanza after going into a cold pool, it's just McCaffrey, it's Eck, and, you know, the, the, the Alvin Kamara's and Dalvin Cooks and Zeke Elliott's of the world are no longer nearly as valuable as some of those other guys. I mean, well, John two of those Taylor, guys, I don't know if you heard, they, they aren't even on football teams right now. Correct. Right. Exactly. I mean, Leonard Fournette's another one, not even on a football right. team right now. And, you know, those guys used to be first round locks. And so you, you've got fewer guys at the top that you can lean on. There are people out there that are afraid of Derrick Henry this year because he's had so many carries and so much work uh, throughout the course of his career. I mean, there are folks out there that think he's going to be a, a disappointment, you know, th- this upcoming season. Whereas at wide receivers, they typically don't get as injured as often. And there's Hmm. some really elite ones now. I mean, I mentioned JJ and Chase and Cooper Cup. I mean, CD Lambs moved on up for sure. I mean, AJ Brown was fantastic last year. There's just a lot. Devontae Adams was great, although his quarterback situation this year, I don't know about that. Tyreek Hill was, at one point, I thought the MVP in fantasy football. There's just so, Jalen Waddle was really good. Garrett Wilson's got massive upside. There's just so many good guys out there. And at running back, you know, there, there's players out there that certainly you would want to go out and get in the first couple of rounds and you could lean on as featured backs. But there's more questions. I mean, there really is. And you make also, an interesting point about yeah, and, the injury because, you, because right. per game averages might equal up between running backs and wide receivers or, or even tight ends, the high end tight ends. But the raw end of season number total points is probably higher. I haven't, uh, I haven't looked at that to mm-hmm. prove that being true, but that's gotta be right. Cause almost every running back sits down at some point for a game or three during an NFL season yeah. in, tw- in the 21st century. Right. And also too, there's less of an emphasis on the running back position at the top, like round one and round two. So there's actually more good ones in three, four, and five, hmm. which is strange. So I'll give you an example. We did uh, a mock draft yesterday 
for Sports Illustrated. That'll be out at the end of the week. And Bill Enright, uh, one of my pals over at SI, his first three picks were all wide receivers. All three of them were wide mm. receivers. His picks four and five ended up being like Brees Hall. And then he had another pretty good running back at two. And then his third running back was like Cam Akers. And then he got Rashad White in the middle rounds. So, I mean, that that's not bad. Like when you start off with three wide mm -hmm. receivers, you're going to get three really good guys, especially in a league where you start two in a flex or you have to start three wideouts and it's PPR. They're still going to be good guys. And there's questions out there too, Dave, that running back, think about it. Brees Hall's coming off an ACL. Now it seems like he's going to be fine for week one, but you never know. Javante Williams is coming up multiple ligament tears. If he was right, he would be in the first and second round conversation, but he's not. I mean, we're talking about Samaj Pirine potentially right. being the guy there early in the season. There are just so many question marks. Camaro with the suspension, right? We're not sure if he's going to miss time, and he hasn't been as good a pass catcher since Breeze retired. So there's just more questions at running back. I would go into a draft in my first three picks, unless I ended up having like really star running backs fall into my lap. You know, having two wide receivers and a running back in the first three picks, and then seeing what's best in terms of the availability at wide receiver and running back, and maybe even going three wide outs and uh, one running back. And then, you know, J.K. Dobbins will be out there in round four or five, somewhere in that area. Cam Akers will be too. White will be too. Hell, even Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's going to end up somewhere where he's going to start. Now, I, I get right. it, diminishing returns, but he's still going to be a starter. He still was the RB11 last year. So if I get Dalvin Cook in the sixth or seventh round, okay, I'll I'll take that. I know Boy, I hadn't is. really considered. I mean, I, obviously I'm aware of it in, in football terms with the 32 real rosters out there, but I hadn't really considered how many situations are fluid for guys that you would want as one of your two started presumed two starters at running back. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Dalvin cooks out there floating around. Obviously he's going to land somewhere and you may do your draft before Dalvin cook signs with a real NFL team. So boy, it's a real crapshoot. That's a, a fun new wrinkle I hadn't considered. Same goes for the other names. There's no incentive as far as I'm concerned. If I, you know, I always say as a human being, if I'm a veteran, why would I ever sign? So I have to go through training camp. Forget mm. the, the pap about this is where we come together as men and focus on, on one mission for the next several months. Ah, good stuff. Head coach. I'll see you. I I'll see you in September. I'll see you. I want to save my body. Yeah. But right. I, I like in best ball, those guys are still coming off the board late just to see. Maybe they'll sign someplace. I'm sure they'll all end up somewhere. I mean, especially Dalvin, no question about that. And, you know, you you know mentioned, uh, you know, how running backs tend to get nicked up. Somebody gets hurt in camp. You've got Zeke. You've got Cook. You've got Fournette all out there right now. I mean, I listen, Zeke Elliott specifically is not somebody who I'm going crazy to get and would not be, you know, in a vacuum. I can't imagine Zeke Elliott being one of my two starting running backs in week one. Oh, but no, you certainly know. not. Certainly not. But he was an RB2 last year, just a back-end RB2. But was I'm talking he? about more for like an NFL team for those purposes, real mm -hmm. football. He could come in and help a team. Now, he'd be the backup, I would think. He'd be a guy they use maybe in short yardage situations. But um, I, I, I know that once you get to 28 at running back 29, it's kind of like, well – you got to start worrying about these guys. And, you know, Zeke certainly in that, uh, in that category. So he's not what he once used to be, but it doesn't hurt to take flyers on those guys, especially in best ball. And I don't know why you'd be doing a draft right now. That's going to be played out because it's way too early. Uh, although I'm already getting cameo requests for draft orders. So people are getting fired up 
about that. Ooh, plug yeah, yourself I mean, just, on that one. That's a, that's a real treat for the Hall of Famer Fabiano to join your. your those are fun to do rep. too. But the but I mean, bottom line, are running backs. There's actually more supply later in drafts than there's ever been before hmm. because we're seeing so many committees. Like I'll give you an example. Which running back are you going to pick in Miami right now as that backfield stands? I don't know. I, maybe, maybe you know, De- Devon A-Chain? What about in Chicago? I, maybe Khalil Herbert? But there's three guys there. So you, you just so well, as far as that goes, so what are yeah. you evaluating more when it comes down to it? Do you look more at situation or do you look at at, at just raw talent? Obviously, the uh, the old logic goes, well, you know, as I always say, I'd rather have a great offensive line with a league average running back versus the opposite being the case, the best running back yeah. versus a mediocre with a mediocre offensive line in front of him. But mm-hmm. as a specific example. To me, the guy who the sweet spot at running back is, and I and I see all the rankings you and your colleagues, everybody are putting together. It seems pretty clear that people have CMC as the number one running back. But to me, the guy I most would want to have at the position is Saquon Barkley, because he is the he is the clear cut feature back there. One, he catches passes. Two. They are intent on running the ball in that offense, clearly. Three and four, for what it matters, I don't know Like if they're going to end up trying to tag him again next year, if they're going to sign him, if his situation contractually is fluid with the Giants. I keep saying it. He's one of those guys who you might see move during the season, the newfangled NFL where high-end players get traded in the middle of the season to contending teams. Mm-hmm. That would only boost his value, you would think, but for here and now, to me, I hear you on Justin Jefferson and any pass catcher. I think the sweet that the sweet spot for all the things you would consider are Saquon Barkley. Uh, that's what. But talk me out of that. Am I am I over my skis on this one? I mean, the one thing that worries me about Barkley is the the potential for a holdout. But we know typically that that doesn't equate into a lengthy situation unless you're Le'Veon Bell, and we all know how that went for Le'Veon, right? I don't remember how. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I don't want to bring back bad memories, but. You know, a lot of people. Greatest are number back. twenty-six in New York in running back history, Levy or Saquon or Bell. Well, I don't know. I, I'm going to give it to Le'Veon was wasn't Le'Veon seventeen with the Jets? No, that was with the Ravens. The stupidest running back number I've ever seen. Is it okay? Seventeen. Yeah, no, I know. Well, the the, the numbers are, are are getting a little uh, weird at this point for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, people will harken back to to Emmett. You know, when he held out for the first two games, the Cowboys were zero and two in '93, and then. Uh, Jerry Jones was like, I better sign this guy. And then the Cowboys go on, of course, to glory. Uh, something I'll probably never see again as a Cowboys. That's where you make your hay, though, That's right? Either- if you're if you're a bargain basement shopper, those guys who people are like, I don't know what's going to happen with Saquon. Spoiler alert. He's going to sign and show up eventually. He's not going to do a Levy and Bell. That's very mm-hmm. rare that that happens. I say roll the dice. I say don't just survive. Live with your fantasy team. Get the high-end talent, especially if they're dropping because of some very specific sort of holdout that will in all likelihood be a short-term issue. Yeah, like if I Dalvin mean, Cook can... is sitting there, if he's sitting there, nobody's like, well, he's not on the team yet. Well, he's going to be on a team. So I think Dalvin Cook has great value in round like three. I mean, you, you're not talking like Dalvin Cook falling below that. Or did you just say fourth round for him? Dalvin Cook is going to go right now as a free agent. I would say after round five. That's insane. What do you about? It's true. Exactly. It's so true. if your team, if your fantasy league is drafting, hear me now. Everyone within the sound of my voice, 
if Dalvin, if you're about the draft, Dalvin Cook has way more value than based on what you're saying, Fabiano, than than the average schnook thinks. Fifth or sixth round. I mean, he's I, a he's a machine. I drafted in him in the Sports Illustrated League yesterday in the sixth or seventh round. I can't remember. And these are professionals doing this draft. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, and that's the thing too, Dave. You've got to you've got to almost create a cliff scenario for some of these players, like Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is coming off the board right around where Cook is, round six, round seven. I've been in drafts where he was gone in round eight. Now, at what point does Kamara become as a bargain? Because he's not going to miss the whole season. Now, he hasn't been great the last couple of years, and really where he made his hay was as a pass catcher, and he's not doing it nearly right. as much. But still, if I get Alvin Kamara in the eighth or ninth round as my running back three, even if he's suspended for six games, I'm going to flex Alvin Kamara for most of the second half of the fantasy season. I mean, okay, sign me up for that. I so know you have I'm to talking like about- create, you have to create that cliff and be like, all right, at this point in the draft, I don't want him. I think he could be a disaster, but at this point in the draft, he's still there. I'm going to roll the dice. It's the same thing as Michael Thomas, My- Michael Thomas. I mean, this guy has been made of glass for the last like, you know, three years, but at what point in your draft do you say it's round 12 and I've already got four wide receivers. Eh, I'll take a shot. What would you say? This is why I've had my successes, as you've known, much ballyhooed successes in fantasy football. I've won no some, question. some big time leagues, but you always make the playoffs. Why is that? What are you identifying what you're talking about? The is it about the the low or, or the high floor, as they say? Is that what you are looking to figure out so you don't have any abject busts. Whereas I might roll the dice a little bit. And if that guy languishes early on, it might, my season can get scuttled by having reached for a guy. And you understand, like you just take dependable options. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to provide the answer for you. Tell me why, why is it that Michael Fabiano always makes the playoffs in his fantasy leagues? I mean, it's not only just about the draft keep in mind, but I'm, I'm going for a mix. Like, Sometimes veteran players get disrespected and then they ultimately end up playing well and you get him in a bargain, right? Like, you know, we Dalvin cook, you know, new Hopkins right now, you get him in the sixth round, fifth or sixth round. Say he signs with the chiefs. Holy cow. Did you get a steal? Right. Even if he signs with the Titans, big target share there. So still in the sixth round, that's pretty good for new Hopkins. I try to, I try to go with a mix of high upside guys and players who have been mostly dependable. And, you know, there, there are players out there too, Dave, you know this, that like these young guys and people get all excited about them and like, then they suck. And you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Why was That's I jumping it, on the right? bandwagon? That happens people, all the time. You, what you're trading on is what I talk about a lot is there are pretentious people in our midst all over the place in any walk of life. When it comes to fantasy football, pretentious people hear a name that they like, and this kid is like, oh, they hear coach speak and all this stuff coming out of mini camps. And this kid, boy, we really think we struck gold with this guy we got in the fifth or sixth round or whatever. And yes, there are examples of that Isaiah Pacheco, but even a guy like like Pacheco, as I throw that name out there, like he's not a great value probably for your fantasy team. You wouldn't want him to be your number one running back, but people fancy these names. It's like hipster bands. 
people, you found this band that isn't signed to a major label. You saw them in a smaller club in your town and now you're all about them. And then you become evangelical about the band and then they break in two or three years. You are the one who on the other side, now that they've had their major label success and all the hipsters are saying with their second major label, it's like, ah, they're past their prime. They're not as good. They were way better when nobody knew who they were. But in fact, that's what you do. I think that's that's right. You find you grab the name brand, a.k.a. dependable options out there in fantasy football, while a lot of people are out there reaching for the rookie guy who they liked watching in the Big 12 last year. Fair? Yeah, right. I mean, that happens. That happens all the time. I mean, there's there's cases of that, like this wide receiver group for 2023 in particular, the rookies is not great from a fantasy standpoint. But you still see Jordan Addison getting drafted in the middle rounds, and he's the best rookie wide receiver from a fantasy perspective in terms of redrafts because he should be a starter. But I mean, KJ Osborne was also really good down the stretch for the Vikings last year. So, you, like, we never know. We never really know. It's a guessing game. It's an educated guessing game. That's kind of I get that you know, it what is. I do. But your bottom line, your bottom line uh, advice would be. Avoid the rookies just because you liked watching them and they were super Avoid reaching for them. I don't think of, rookies have been putting up better numbers lately in the last five years than they ever have before. But I wouldn't I, I don't want to go crazy and reach for a bunch of rookies like Jackson Smith and Jigba's unless, you know, DK or Lockett gets hurt. I mean, I don't think he's going to see enough targets in an office right, I agree with that. this year. Right. But. Traylon Burks was going on in his second year. Right now, there's nobody in Tennessee. So like another young player who has got a clear path to, to targets. Like I, I'd obviously rather have Traylon Burks than, you know, Jordan Addison, but people do get crazy. You remember several years ago, there was this huge buzz over like Hakeem Butler coming out of college and every, all oh, this guy is going to be amazing. He's big mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. He didn't do diddly poo in the NFL. Like sometimes people just get too jazzed up over a player and you know, the, the ADP starts rising. Some people would argue that's happening with Alexander Madison right now. Now I like Madison. He's in an offense that's going to score a ton of points. Right now, he's got very little competition, unless you like Ty Chandler. And the Vikings may or may not sign somebody, but right now, like, that's the guy, and he's young. He's, what, 25 years old? He's a really young, good player, but he's he's storming up draft boards. Some people would suggest that that's the case with him. I like him. I think, you know, he could be a fine RB2 if the situation is uh, what it is right now throughout the course of the season, which he would be the, you know, the featured back. So I, I like a nice mix. I, I like to get some younger guys, but I also would rather take shots on the younger guys, maybe a little bit later. Yeah. I hear drafts, you. Right. Right. Like, like give me, give me like a Kendra Miller late in drafts uh, as a flyer uh, in case Kamara gets suspended or give me a Tajay Spears. who it was on fantasy dirt a couple of weeks ago and made fun of me because I said crayfish instead of crawfish or whatever the hell it is, whatever those things are, they're gross. Um, if Derrick Henry gets hurt, Titans running backs have the best schedule in fantasy football. Hell, he could be a league winner. Uh, if Derrick Henry goes down, like, give me some of those guys, like, uh, or even second year guys who maybe didn't play up to snuff last year, but still have, uh, certainly some upside, uh, statistically. All right. Well, first of all, Eddie Spaghetti, jump in here with anything. You talk fantasy with, uh, our collective pal, Jen Piacenti on the extra points network and um and uh well Eddie spaghetti's not bad either two <laughs> um they're crawfish and you i think you you deep down know that yes and yes three, well, see, you don't drink beer you're you're not a beer drinker but yeah. of course crawfish are on the very short list they are in 
the winner circle somewhere um as the best beer drinking food because they, they they don't put anything into your belly. I just, all I just nothing like, it's just spice on your lips it's an excuse to drink cold beer don't you see I, that i do like a good beer i'm not much of a drinker but what i've heard is that crayfish is the term that's used by people from the north because you do see c-r-a-y fish and then you have crawfish, C-A-R-W fish. Right. And right. that's the correct uh, pronunciation in the South. It's kind of like if you go to San Francisco and you say San Fran, they look at you sideways. If you go to Louisiana and you don't call them crawfish, they look at you weird. And that's kind of what happened to me a few times. But I'm not a seafood guy. Uh, I mean, especially something that people nickname Mudbug. Like, no, I'm good. I'm I'm gonna have a steak. I hear you. That's fine. Get the grilled oysters, but you say you're not a seafood. Oh guy. my Just god! To basically, no. stay out of no. no. The, the oysters. The I mean, somebody blew their nose and I want to eat it. I mean, no thank. Oh, it's gross looking, dude. I can't it, do it. It, it, it Dave, is. I know people palate, bring it. My palate stopped developing at five, unfortunately. So, just Ooh. give me some chicken fingers. Good for you to be aware. That's what you and cousin Sal have in common. You both have, uh, you both reside in what Adam Carolla calls the yummy phase as grownups. Yeah. <laughs> Most people leave the yummy phase, sugary treats in favor of more mature taste buds, but not exactly. you, not, uh, not cousin Sal. It looks um, but yeah, listen, uh, the grilled oysters are, are where it's at. Anyway, um, Spaghetti, anything you say? And by the way, are we? Am I doing a good job here, Spaghetti? As I, un, I, I'm just talking philosophy here more than I am specific. So we've brought up a couple of names here, but I think it's helpful for somebody to sort of reset the way you approach these things. If you've been mediocre in fantasy over the last few years, hopefully Fabiano's counsel here will set you in the right direction. Yeah, you've uh, you've nailed it. Um, I appreciate the shout out. Me and Jen finished uh, first in the extra points. Uh, postseason fantasy leagues. So you better. You have to if you're right. fantasy yeah. experts. It'd be embarrassing if you didn't. Well, last <laughs> year we were a second place finish. Well, two years ago, second place finish to the uh, the soccer podcast, the different football. So, um, we're gonna we're gonna stay. We're gonna we're gonna hold our title. But uh, I love the um like the philo- like the philosophical like the draft strategies because and as Fabs can tell you like how fantasy football changed from year to year you know you always like waited on quarterbacks but now like you really could wait on quarterbacks and running backs always went early and often but now there's just so many committees so many guys who get hurt um you, you have to look at the receivers but there are there is so much receiver depth so uh, i think people who play fantasy uh you know religiously they need to understand this because it's just like ever changing times in the NFL so this is very helpful and fantasy football is a commitment. I, dude, I make more trades. Uh, well, maybe not than anybody, but like I'm in a lot of leagues where people just love to make trades. You got to stay hot on the waiver wire. You got to, you know, if you've got a spot in your roster that's weak, you got to try to improve it with a, a position of strength. Like I make trades all the time. Sometimes I make great trades and sometimes I get burned. So, but you always got to stay active. It's a commitment. In my uh, Fabiano, I, I'm in uh, an experts league. Would you call that an experts league, Fabiano, that you and I are in that da- dynasty league? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good names in there, sir. Absolutely. Well, you, you sound though your your voice went up an octave. Like it's like it's a lot, <laughs> no. not like a list. <laughs> what are you expert, talking but about? Like you're in it. Check. No, but listen, Mizanin's in it. Segura's in it. Jason Smith is in it. I mean, I got guys from the show. No, of course. Yeah. Whose team is well, whose team is? Always right in the mix there at the end of the day. Cool cats. The cool cats spelled with two Ks. That's exactly right. See, yeah. people make their jokes, but I'm like Fredo. I'm not dumb like everybody says. Uh, <laughs> I've struggled um, in that league. I, I I keep going back and forth like 
two years ago, three years ago, I had like one of the worst teams last the year after that I was in the playoffs. And then last year, my team sucked again. So I've made a couple of trades in that league in the off season, trying to shake things up a little bit, which I love to do. I know you do. I get all your ridiculous trade offers. All They're the not time. ridiculous. I, They're not all ridiculous. Well, they start out pretty ridiculous. So, <laughs> you start out so you, ridiculous. I'm never going to offer you my best, my best deal. No, no. I don't expect you to give me the best offer, but I also don't want to be insulted by it either. You, you What you do, do is with me, you float these things that are so absurd that then I no, get angry they're not. about them. And I'm like, well, now he doesn't even get a response for, for, for right. that insult, that slap in the face. The shop's always open, man. Whenever you want to make a trade, let's talk. I'm always, uh, I'm always up for a, a nice trade. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full, the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit GamblingHelplineMA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net, New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right. So bottom line, I think you, you, you've you answered the question for me to go back where we started here. Philosophy as we then dig in on some individual names. Um, if there's one position where you have the number one player, it would be wide receiver then, or would it be running back? Or would it be tight end for that matter? Are you talking about in terms of I'm just talking, you have the number one point score at one position. I can tell you that that's what you get. Which position? Okay. Do you oh, I got you. Make? I got you. I got to be honest with you. And this goes against a, a lot of what I typically do, but it's probably Kelsey at tight end because he's so much ah, better than everybody else. Right. Such a I distinction. Mean, right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a first round pick. I mean, the guy is getting better with age. He's like a fine wine. I mean, he's what? 32, 33. And he's still putting up crazy numbers. Uh, and he's shown no signs of stopping. So that's why he's a first round pick. Well, obviously you love the talent, you love the numbers, but he's so much better than every other tight end. And Mark Andrews took uh, a predictable fall last year, statistically, uh, while TJ Hawkinson moved up a little bit and they were still way behind Kelsey. Well, I mean, okay, let's, let, let's then talk. Let's we'll do tight ends and we'll go through some names that you kind of want to either say, little overrated in terms of what he's going to do in fantasy points are a little undervalued here okay. and, and tight end. So I, I hear, yeah, obviously Kelsey is the number one at that position. And I think the greatest difference from one to two at his position in fantasy terms, as there is, as you like, like you just said, who is what's a sort of the, um, the, the cutoff point for like, boy, you've, you've missed your window. If you go in tears, if you will, with the tight end position, like what, what are the handful of names that you want to get at least one of those guys or you've kind of fallen behind the curve a little bit. So Kelsey's got his own tier. He's just that good. There's nobody gotcha. else there, right? Andrews was there two years ago, not anymore. And then you look at Andrews and Hawkinson. And I think you could probably throw Kittle into that tier, especially if Brock Purdy's going to be the quarterback boy. They made sweet fantasy music together. in the second half of the year, Kittle was awesome. He scored seven touchdowns. When Purdy was the quarterback, he had never. He's the one who's undervalued, right? Because of the injuries. Kittle was like right. uh, the conversation. Was it two years ago or three years ago where the conversation was like Kelsey or Kittle? Like get one of those two guys. But Kittle has slid a little bit. I think yeah. that's one of those value guys. eh? Yep. Uh, Dallas Goddard. And then, you know, you got Waller. But I mean, Waller comes at risk. Th there's there's risk. Probably, I would say even even it, with four, with with Kittle a little bit, assuming, you know, if Purdy's the quarterback, then I certainly like him more. But his numbers were uneven before Purdy took over. But there's only three guys that I really feel super comfortable with, and it's Kelsey, and I'm never going to get him because I typically won't draft the tight end unless it's a premium league in round one. Andrews uh, with Lamar back. And then Hawkinson. Everybody else, there's question marks about Dave, right? I mean, Darren you know, Waller like in a new offense. What's your right. what's your knowledge on how a tight end performs in fantasy terms in his first year in a new offense? Yeah, and he could end up being the most targeted player in that offense because who's their number one wide receiver? And That's he's right. a, wide, and, and, and he's a glorified wide receiver himself. Uh, right? I, yeah, I mean, I, I exactly. It's all about staying on the field and staying out of the trainer's room for Darren Waller. If he could stay out on the field, he's probably going to be – Daniel Jones's top target. But to me, the cutoff point is um is Pat Fryermuth. 
Like if you get in that top eight, as long as you get Fryer Muth, it's not that far. I, I would rather have the very high, you know, Kelsey and the couple other names. But I think where you really start getting into it being a deficit week in and week out for your for your head-to-head matchups is after Fryermuth. Because then you're talking about Evan Ingram and Dalton Schultz but, but with the, Evan with Ingram the dirty was good Texans. Last year. He Evan was Ingram good, was but good like in Joku, are you excited about that or Cole Komet and guys? You know like who that. I like? You know who I like this year? Chigokonkwo in Tennessee. Hmm. If their roster doesn't uh, change at all, like he could be the second most targeted player on that offense. He's he's an athletic guy who popped a little bit last year as a rookie, scored around 95 fantasy points, which is not great, but most rookie tight ends don't do anything. And he could end up being a, a really nice late round value. And, you know, another guy, too, that nobody's talking about, it's not that he's a sleeper, but Tyler Higby. Who the hell is Stafford throwing to beyond Cooper Cup? Mm-hmm. Like, he's got Higby, and he's got a rapport with the veteran. So, like, Higby could end up being second in targets on the Rams. Uh, he could be a top 10 tight end, and you could get him really late. Some people would, would, would consider him more of a tight end, too. I don't. I have him as a low-end tight end one. Greg Dawson's a guy I, who's got some upside too. Well, you mentioned Mark Andrews as being overvalued. I think he actually bounces back this year if you assume Lamar Jackson can stay healthy. A new offense that you assume is going to throw it around a little bit more. What his is, numbers, right, his numbers should you, boost up. Let me ask you a question, though. What do you consider bouncing back? Outside of that one year, two years ago, where Andrews went nuclear in the second half, and he averaged almost 18 points per game. He's averaged 12 or 13. Like, that's what he is. That mm. nuclear season, that was the anomaly. That was the unicorn season for him. He is a 12-point-per-game player, and he has been for most of his career. So bouncing back to you, Dave, would be what? Getting back to that 17-point total or being more comfortably at 12 or 13? Because for me... He's had one elite, really great year. And because the tight end position is such garbage, the other years were really good, but he was never on the Kelsey level like he was. No, but relative year. to the other guys available at the position. Sure. I, right. I think I think that he's going to see, like I say, an increase in targets this year from last year. They're going to be throwing the ball around a little bit more. And at least he's had a unicorn season versus Kyle Pitts, who is one of those guys who people announced as a superstar before he ever did anything. And we're still waiting on his arrival. That's what I would think of being overvalued. Somebody's going to try to reach on Kyle Pitts and turn him into a fantasy superstar on their team, but that doesn't make it so. I feel like Andrews is well positioned in that offense because if you think about it in X and O terms, Odell Beckham is there to take the top off the defense, right? Isn't that what those guys are largely going to do? Zay Flowers is going to probably be your slot guy. And I think after, you know, I think Andrews is the guy who is the most dependable option. I hate when people talk about security blankets, but I do think in a new offense, especially Lamar Jackson's going to try and lean on his old pal, Mark Andrews there. And now a quick break. All right, thus ends, I'm putting the marker down here, Eddie Spaghetti. Thus ends part one of our fantasy football conversation with Fabiano. Good so far. I'm enjoying it, but we still await the main events, which are quarterbacks you want to get and avoid, running backs, 
wide receivers. We'll dig in on all that stuff in a couple of days with our guy, Michael Fabiano. In the meantime, Eddie Spaghetti, hit the pause button. And thanks to you, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>